This song's gonna get stuck inside Joe. This song's gonna get stuck inside Joe. This song's gonna get stuck Let's get Jesus Christ, it's like Good Pictures welcomes you into a new dimension in terror. Waxwork. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are. My name is Malachi J. Matthews, and I am joined this week by Magic Mark. How's it going, Magic Mark? Hello, Malachi. We, we, poor Fletch is, is like doing like a key worker job and um he, he's, he's not available this week so you've only got me yeah, that's it he's, he's left us like a, like a business dad going away for the weekend he's gone downtown he's gone downtown to do business and he's left us uh with the keys with the keys to his baby i, I mean he's, he has left us his baby and i do worry that we're gonna like shit on it that was the last thing he said to us mark in fact wasn't it don't shit well, on the baby. I mean, it is a good kind of guide and rule of life. Don't shit on babies. It is true. <laughs> this is the first thing that we've said as well. <laughs> I think we're shitting on the baby, Mark. We're not. Are we? Are we? What? By saying we don't want to shit on the baby, we've shat on the baby. Shit. Shit. So, oh, well. So, yeah, Fletch is, uh, Fletch is downtown doing business this week. So unavailable. So next week we'll be back to our regular schedule when we will be looking at Rad. Don't you fear, child. We, we, we're not going to forget the BMX musical madness of 1986. That is Rad. Mark's not interested in that one. He's not doing no, it. No, it looks cack. <laughs> well, I, I was supposed to have a fucking week off this week. I, I was expecting to like catch up on like grown-up things. But now we're going to talk about a tap film. Good. Why the fuck we're not? Talk- we're in lockdown. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So Mark... Has has, uh, picked this week's film. Mark, what film have you picked for us to watch this week on SuperTap Film Club? I have picked Waxwork. Waxwork, the Zach Galligan classic from the prime year, the year that just keeps on giving, 1988, mate. The reason I picked this is um, when I was a kid... I I had a crush on a, a lad down the road. I didn't really understand it because I was young, but um, wow. he had a poster of Waxworks, the 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 film poster on his wall, and yeah. it just looked cool. And I always wanted to watch it, and I never did. About five or ten years ago, I don't even know when, I bought the DVD for like two pound, and I never got round to watching it. So as soon as you were like pick a film, I was like Waxwork, because. This is like 30 years in the making for me. And it made me think of my like childhood crush as well, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I remember the, uh, this is, I always talk about seeing the covers to these films uh, when I was a kid in, in the video shop around the corner. And this is one of mm. the squashed up faces and the little guy inviting you in. But to be honest, it's nothing like that. <laughs> the film is nothing no. like the poster. It's, uh, I don't know, well, I enjoyed this film. I think we can, 
we can safely describe this film as what uh, a romp, Mark. I, I'd it's say. definitely a romp, and it's definitely tat. And um, my DVD of Waxwork had two, two whole options: play and scene selection. Well, there you go. I love that when you get an old DVD. My copy of Teen Wolf uh, in the extras is just text about the art, uh, about the actors and what other films they were in. That's much more DVD extras than I got on Waxwork. Yeah, I watched it on the new uh, Roku channel. Uh, this is a new a new app that's come out through that you can get on uh, on your Roku on your Now TV. And it's it, I had a look through the films, mate, and there's stuff on there that's already on the list. They've got so much Gary D, so much Gary Daniels. It's bursting at the seams with Daniels and just I mean, tat. We love tat. So is that like the official channel of tat? I think it's going to be. There's a few coming up that I mentioned to you before we started recording. Uh, films about wrestling dogs. Films about self-aware robots haunted by your dead dad. This is this is the stuff of dreams for us, Mark. So yeah, we're going to be digging into the Roku channel quite a bit. I think uh, there's a lot of Malcolm McDowell on there. <laughs> now wrong with a bit of Malcolm McDowell. No, shall we get into it, Mark? I think we should. I I I. I... I really fucking liked Waxwork. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was. Let me say, Zach, Ga- Zach Gallagher uh, of Gremlins fame. This is a few years after Gremlins. And David Warner. David Warner making his second appearance at Super Tap Film Club. Of course, he was, uh, he was in Ninja Turtles 2, wasn't he? Uh, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> I mean, in my head, David Warner is, is quite a kind of well-respected and... Good actor, but he's in this tat. He's in a lot of tat. To me, he's the fellow that gets his head locked off with a window in the uh, in the omen. The omen is is the omen tat? No, the omen's not tat. That's that's when he was, you know, that's when he was getting work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, let's get into it. Waxwork, nineteen eighty eight. It starts with swinging jazz. Swinging jazz on a dark and stormy night. We see an old, scary-looking house. There's a tussle going on inside the house, Mark. One man has forced another man's head into a fireplace, and he's ransacking the place of various tiny artefacts. The man with the head in the fire is dead, because his head's on fire. He's just dead. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. And uh, the theme tune starts. I gave this one a little tick, a little love heart myself, Mark, the theme tune, because it reminded me very much of uh, Murder, She Wrote, Diagnosis, Murder, that sort of uh, <laughs> that, that sort of feel. And to it's be fair... It's a bit incongruous, isn't it? The music, after someone's just had their head burnt. It's quite yeah. pleasant. Yeah. And to be honest, the majority of these people probably were in Murder, She Wrote more than once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also enjoyed when when the, the the film's name Waxwork came up and it melted. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. That was nice. That made me smile. And um, I, I put in my notes: cheapo logo melt, love art. So it's doing well with the love art well, at the, the very very start. We always appreciate that with an eighties film with with a, with a logo. We had it with Dolly Dearest. Woo! Demon redness turns into the logo. Same sort of yeah. thing. Oh, I loved Dolly Dearest. That was a great film. Yeah. Now, Zach is having breakfast with his snooty old mum. And his mum, they're, they're sitting at a massive, it's too big, this table, if anything. 
It's very much like the dinner scene in the first Batman film with Kim Basinger and Bruce Wayne when they're mm-hmm. in that room. He's never been in there. And his mum's furious. He's like, I, Zach, were you having a drink with, with the staff last night? Drinking with the butler? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. He's like, look, you, there, there really is a line between us and them. And he's like, they, they are people, you know, mum. And she says, no, they're servants. Awful attitude for his mum. I really wanted her to die in this film because of that line, and she did not. That, and um, that, that, that is a disappointment. It is, yeah. She's like, isn't it terrible that two more people have disappeared? And Zach, rightfully so, says, yeah, were they us's or them's, you fucking fascist? Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, look, don't be facetious, darling. Now drink your milk. You're late for college. Like, his mum won't let him drink coffee. She says, you can't have coffee till you're a big boy. <laughs> and he shouts, I need my caffeine and I need it badly. <laughs> he looks about 25, if not older. Yeah, it's all right, though, because as he's leaving, Jenkins, the butler, they got a butler called Jenkins, Mark. It's amazing. It's a good he's name. Like, your caffeine, sir. Gives him a sneaky coffee. Your nicotine, sir. Gives him a cigarette. And he says, will you be requiring your wheels today, sir? <laughs> oh, the, 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 the language, the script is fucking ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how, is that how Americans really think British people speak? Uh, tally ho. Yes, it is. Pip, pip. What a. <laughs> that's the guys over at uh, Laser Graves in America, some friends of ours who do a great podcast that you should listen to. If anything, you should listen to it for their, uh, their British accents that they do. It's a, it's a joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably as good as, as, as butchering their accents and the Italian accent that I do for I back. don't know what you're talking about about malachi my but, american accent is excellent that's terrible mark that is all i know that actually made me feel a little bit sick then when you did that <laughs> like we've got friends that are american mark have you ever done that in front of them <laughs> only when i want to piss them off <laughs> jesus christ oh, sorry so yeah <laughs> Zach walks to college that day, walks off smoking, walks off smoking to school. Two other people on their way to school, two girls, Sarah and China, they're walking on their way to, uh, to college and they're complaining about their boyfriends. China's saying what? that she's a businessman, a lawyer or a doctor. She doesn't bet. She don't want a businessman, Fletch. They're the worst. They're the worst. Nah. Your own. Did you just call me Fletch? Did I? Sorry. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Podcast over. I'm going home. Oh, wait, I'm already home. I suppose we better carry on. Yeah. So the girls are chatting about, are chatting about boys, and, and they stop outside this weird-looking house, and they both say to each other, and rightly so, it's a really weird place to have a waxwork museum, isn't it? Because it's basically just in the middle of a normal housing estate. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there. But be- what a pair of fucking shallow bitches they are. That one of them's bothered about the fact that they had to pay for a drink. This yeah. is this very kind of eighties toxic. From the the get go, there's a lot of eighties toxic shit. Well, we'll get to the kids themselves. They're all arseholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one's fucking likable. No. 
and they stood outside and they're like well maybe they don't want any customers because you know this is like this was this would be like if someone opened a waxwork museum outside my house do you know what i mean and they said if maybe someone opened a waxwork in your street would you go to the waxwork um well, it depends if David Warner appeared in a purple Joker-style jacket and invited me to a midnight showing. True. Yeah. If that happened, then I, I probably would. Yeah. Because that's what he does. He says, I see you're interested in my waxworks. And they, uh, you know, complain about the location. He says that his name's Mr. Mister, and that he invites them to a, uh, a midnight opening. And he says, bring some friends, but no more than six. <laughs> and I'll see you at midnight. And like that. He's gone. David Warner has disappeared. The Ninja Turtles man. All right, Zach is late for his history class at university. And it's a, uh, it's a history class that just seems to be all about, like, the guy's obsessed with Nazi stuff, isn't he? What the actual fuck? The, the, the guy is lecturing to an American audience with an authentic Nazi flag in his classroom? Yeah, yeah. He's talking about... Uh, it, um, He's talking about dictators. Zach turns up late and he's, you know, he's pissed off that uh, China, the girl that we were talking about earlier, the shallow girl, she went out with Jonathan. He's a jock. He's a football jock, Mark. He went out with her. She went out with him last night and he's livid. Like, uh, Zach is basically like, you, the, the friends are all business douche children, really, aren't they? <laughs> yes. They're all sat around in sunglasses smoking drinking coffee which you shouldn't be doing when you're 17 which they're supposed to be and they're clearly not 17 and there's nothing like 17 this is a, <laughs> a, a very much a tat staple and maybe maybe just an american staple that they cast people that are well into their 20s or uh, even early 30s as 16 17 18 year olds it drives me crazy yeah well when i was a kid mark and i used to watch obviously watch tv or whatever i thought Fucking hell, I'm glad I don't live in America because you must have to go to school till you're my dad's age. Yeah, it's fucking it would have been mad, like, isn't it? Yeah, when I was watching it. These people look like my parents on, on uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> That's probably a little bit too, you know, late for that. My parents didn't look like Saved by the Bell when I was... Anyway. So, yeah, all these douchey old kids are smoking, drinking coffee... Uh, and deciding what they're going to do that night. There's a geeky guy there, and he's like, hey, why don't we get a horror movie out? He said, oh, that's what you want to do every weekend. Well, I've got an idea. We were walking to school this morning, and some creepy old fella who looked a little bit like Willy Wonka uh, offered, us to, offered us a night out at his house. He said, come back at midnight, look at me waxworks, but I can bring six people. You, you fancy? One, two, three. Yeah, fine. There's no more than six people. Let's do that. All right, well, waxworks are out of date, man. This is the video age. We want to watch videos. <laughs> <laughs> Zach says, why the hell not? I forgot to mention that um, the Nazi teacher gave him an essay. He had to write an essay about the problem with dictators because he was late <laughs> to his class. And he's like, yeah, hell, why not? I'll get the maid to do the homework because I'm a fucking douche. Surprised these people aren't like full of cocaine, Mark. They're like cocaine people without cocaine. The, the, the whole thing was really fucking awkward. It was, this isn't, this cannot be any reflection of any youth culture of any point in any part of history. No, no one behaved like this really awkward, awkwardly written. It was, it was really bad. 
really you bad. You don't go to school in a power suit, really, do you? That's it, you know. Don't care and, where or whatever. There was never, yeah. you know, there was, there was always like a group of goths, a group of sporty people. Uh, there was never a group of business douches, Mark. No. It doesn't matter. We're we're not here for the acting. We're here for the for the for the horror. So so should we should we go go on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the douches now are waiting. It's quarter to it's quarter to midnight, and they're all waiting at. Uh, I think they're at. I think they're at Zach's house. Got neon side saying beer. They're all sat around looking looking like absolute business douches in suits, power suits, whatever. China is getting impatient. She's like, "What's the matter?" They're like, what's the matter? Have you got a you, you got a hot date with football, Jonathan? And she says, can't a girl get laid around here without getting burnt at the stake? Zach says, anybody got a match? Oh, it's like it's like a hot room full of hot sass, Mark. I can taste the sass. It's not sass that I can taste. Yeah, just they're all just arseholes. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's vaguely enjoyable crap, you know. It's it's oh, yeah. entertaining because it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And she said this line, I do what I want when I want. Dig it or fuck off. <laughs> I mean, nice. Yeah. I mean, basically, she's saying, like, she wants something. Uh, they, Zach and China, they start talking, and she's saying, I want something else. I want something with a little bit of je ne sais quoi. I want a businessman. I want a full-scale business douche. You're just some, like, little luppy, yuppie child, basically, is what he's saying. And he doesn't speak French. No, he doesn't speak French. That's it. She said, that's an issue. You don't speak French. If anything, she should have been the one that got diddled by the Marquis de Sade if she's still going on about French stuff so much. No, Dracula. Anyway, we'll get to that. The kids, <laughs> they go out walking to the wax museum and they say, this is a really weird place to have a wax museum just next to like somebody's nan's house. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, one of the girls says, it's a little spooky, guys. Sarah, she says, do you think we should do this? Probably not, Sarah, to be fair. But that's, you know, it's going to be a boring film if you turn around and go home. Douchey Tony, who he, he's constantly smoking and wearing a power suit throughout this film. Douchey Tony was, uh, he was the bad lad in Twin Peaks, in the original Twin Peaks, wasn't he? He was. He was bad lad. He was always a bad lad. He's a bad lad in this, but he's just, just smoking cigarettes. So, and he says, never fear, Tony is here. And uh, they're like, can you hurry up with this, guys? I'm a bit worried about my maid's knowledge of uh, Lithuania because of the, uh, you know, I'm making her do a homework at home. Zach is a cunt. Yeah, he's not a nice man. No, he leads the way into the house. And it's like one of the girls, I think her name's Julie, says, guys, this doesn't feel right. This is not my idea of fun. And she fucking legs it. And her boyfriend, the, the one who likes horror films, goes with her. They're gone. So now we're left. With uh, the foursome, the door creaks open and there's a tiny little man there. Fletch. I called you Fletch again then, Mark. I do apologise. This, this is going to get offensive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, Fletch is a handsome man, don't get me wrong, but come on. Um, I can't see you. I can't see you. You know. <laughs> so the, the door opens and there is a tiny little man, Mark. And he says... Welcome to the Vax Vax. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, you know, it's been 20 minutes and we haven't heard your bad guy voice. I'm glad it was there. Well, that's basically his voice, though, isn't it? 
<laughs> the kids enter and they're all really cautious of the tiny man because he's like the size of a baby. So they're like, it's just quite creepy. I mean, for it, me, I, I don't know. 2020 woke Mark. I'm a little bit, maybe just a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that he's just small and that they're wigged out by that. And that's not really a very nice thing to do. But these characters aren't very nice. It's been established that they're a bunch yeah. of knobheads. Yeah, I don't think it's done in a malicious way. I think it's just done because, you know, for the comedy value that one of them's tiny and the other henchman's fucking massive. I think that's it. Mm. So go inside. And the little fella's like, I was expecting more people. Come inside. Tony lights another fucking cigarette. He's constantly smoking. In, right, there's a lot of cigarette smoking in a waxworks. Surely a waxwork would be like, no fucking fire. These things are made of damn wax. Yeah, everything's going to go melty. You don't want no mushy stuff on the floor. But yeah, exactly, exactly. The tiny man tells the kids to sit down. He offers them a drink and he's like, would you like a drink? And then when he offers, a huge fucking great lurch-like butler comes in through the door and the tiny man's furious. He's like, Fuck off! I told you to come in when I rang the bell! And he just goes away. <laughs> yeah. And then the tiny man bows, and it goes... And he, he just leaves, and the doors creak open, Mark. They swing open to reveal the very realistic exhibitions inside. Yeah, uh, right. I can't decide whether or not the waxworks were deliberately supposed to be clearly people just standing still or that was a budgetary thing that they didn't want to make whack like dummies of people because all of them were just people yeah standing and, still and bits of it like the voodoo man the voodoo man was moving <laughs> they were all fucking moving but yeah they go into the room have you ever seen just just quickly i'll just go off on a little tangent here mark have you ever seen the Kiss movie, Kiss Meets the Phantom in the Park? No. This is very, very similar. Kiss find a waxworks museum <laughs> theme park. It's going on the list. We'll come to that later. Kiss in a, basically in a, left, a live action episode of Scooby-Doo. It's hilarious. So, yeah, they go <laughs> inside the real people posing as waxworks. The first guy was the be is the best. The guy with the glasses on and the little tash and the letterman jacket screaming under the axe. <laughs> screaming under the axe, real maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's Frankenstein on some stairs holding a lady. Uh, there's, a, there's a freaky alien in a cage hurting the host of the circus and the voodoo man. And the voodoo man is wobbling. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, my favourite as well. You remember the story of the Invisible Man? You know, yeah. did the Invisible Man make ladies drink petrol? <laughs> what? I've obviously missed something here. Because one yeah. of the displays is the Invisible Man feeding a lady petrol out of the pump. <laughs> I mean, is okay, that good. I remember the Invisible Man. I don't remember him feeding anyone petrol. No, neither do I. And I suppose the 50s um, horror hipsters will be screaming at your internet device now because we don't know what it is. But yeah, <laughs> always seems like a right shit. If he makes ladies drink petrol, I don't want to know the invisible man. Uh, yeah, Tony, 
Tony's having a look, they're all having a look round all these very realistic expedition ex- exhibitions, and Tony drops his lighter because he's always smoking. He's like, I've dropped my lighter. He says, he says to himself, nobody minds if I go over the red rope. And we find out, Mark, if you go over that red rope, you, you transcend. You go through a portal because Tony has, has he's been transported through time. He's now inside the exhibit in a spooky forest and he's got long hair. Yeah. He, yeah. His explanation, he says, all right, who put acid in my drink again? Oh, hang on a minute. I remember I said at the start of the film, I've given up drinking. So it couldn't possibly be acid. <laughs> he says, is it real? I think it's a hologram. He's like, no, I've been hypnotized. And he's like, great work, guys, hypnotizing me. <laughs> That's think. not how hypnotism works. No, it's not. No. And so he sees this wood cabin in the, in the woods, this log cabin in the woods, sorry. And he goes up and he knocks the door. From inside, just as he knocks the door, sorry, you hear the howl of a night wolf. Night wolf, Mark. Oh, night wolf. Indeed. Yeah. And he knocks on the door. And he knocks on the door and a deep Welsh voice from inside says, go away. Please go far from here. It's f- <laughs> he doesn't listen and he opens the door. And inside is a furious Jonathan Rhys Davis. Acting- it's fucking Gimli. Gimli. <laughs> He's acting the shit out of everything. In fact, I sent you a screenshot, didn't I, of, of his act. I said, if you look up acting in the dictionary, there's a picture of Reese Davis from this film in the werewolf scene. Because, yeah, he's just act- so acting. He's like, you must run, Jack. The full moon is risen. I bear not think what will happen if you do not escape. <gasps> when it's too late, his transformation starts to happen he scrapes his nails across the table tony thinks it's all a game obviously he's like okay so what do you want me to do i'll go and get you some wood calm down bab i'll go and get you some wood he goes and gets some wood and he comes back now reese davis full gone full wolf mark full wolf with floppy ears and everything he tries to fight the wolf why would you try and fight the wolf he tries to fight the wolf with a big spoon <laughs> yeah, he's got a fucking ladle. That ain't gonna work. Yeah, to no avail, Mark, because the, the, the wolf bites Tony. And just as the wolf bites Tony, two werewolf hunters run into the cottage and they, he's, he's like, shoot him, shoot him. He drops the silver bullets, one of them. So the other, the, the other werewolf hunter goes to fight the werewolf, but the werewolf pulls his head off. Well, no, he doesn't pull his head off. He rips him in half head first, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, Root. This scene earned two love hearts in quick succession. One was the fact that the werewolf's mouth didn't open wide enough to do the damage that it had done to that man's arm. And that made me laugh. The other one was the fucking body rip. That came out of nowhere. The effects were <laughs> shite. And then suddenly it was really gory and really cool. Just ripped him in half. Also forgot to mention that the guy during the werewolf fight hits him with a chair and the werewolf brushes his shoulders off. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. So during this whole fracar, obviously Tony got bitten. Then Tony turns into a werewolf and gets shot by the other fella. Dead. End. He's stuck in the exhibit. They come out. There he is, looking all wolfy and dead. Indeed. <laughs> She's walking around. She gets sucked into a vampire dinner scene with Dracula, mate. Dracula's at the head of the table. It's a... <laughs> Why? What? 
why wasn't she even remotely freaked out by the fact that she was in a different frock and she was made to eat raw meat? I, I, I'm confused as fuck. Well, yeah, she walks in and there's vampire. There's Dracula there with his son and all his, his vampire wives. And he says telepathically, come in, join us. Come to me, please be seated. And then Dracula claps. <laughs> and a servant brings over a bowl and he says, it's raw meat. You do like raw meat. And she says, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course I do. I love raw meat. She says, I haven't had steak tartare in a while. It's definitely not fucking steak. That was not steak tartare. There was no tartare and there was no fucking steak. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's a bowl of man bits. That's what it is, Mark. It's a bowl of man bits. And Dracula says, yes. <laughs> steak tartare, that's what it is. Pff, you silly goose. Waiter comes over <laughs> with some sauce and she's like, no, I don't want the sauce. And Dracula says, no sauce, but the sauce makes the dish. It's a little salty, he says. But that's all part of the charm. She pours blood. He pours blood in it. The sauce is blood. And she chomps it down. It looks like she's eating a bit of a, like a trifle, but it's not. It's bits of, bits of people in a bowl. And then all the other vampires see that she's eating and start chomping them down like greedy pigs in front of her. And she eats the whole lot. And then when she's eating, Dracula goes, like, go to bed. <laughs> the whole thing is fucking bizarre. Why is she not freaked out by it? No. She just says, right, go to bed. And she, Ludwig will show you to your room. And she just goes to her room. She's in the room going through the wardrobe. But yeah, she's not bothered at all. She doesn't question it. No, not at all. And it's completely and utterly bizarre. So yeah, she's in her room that night. And Dracula's son turns up and he basically tries to give her a bit of diddling. He's all dead horny. He hisses at her. Vampire teeth. She runs off into the castle, into the night. And she runs down and down into a white, white cellar. And she hears someone, Mark, says, Darling, is that you? It's me, Charles. Now, Charles is the husband of the person that she's, the body that she's gone into. Charles is on a slab. He's on the slab, Mark. One of his legs is missing, being gobbled down by rats. Yeah, so that leg, that effect was actually really cool i mean it's quite obvious that his legs kind of hidden underneath the table but it's really nicely done i thought i thought that was really very clever and the, you did miss a moment that um a love heart as well where for no reason that isn't explained at any point random dog she's running through the corridors and there's a cute little pooch yeah, there's a dog just eating his dinner <laughs> and and the dog isn't acknowledged anywhere else. The dog is utterly, utterly irrelevant. There's just like maybe 10 seconds where she runs past the dog and there's a nice dog. And I was like, oh, nice dog. Love art. Just like a black Labrador, isn't it? Just sat eating some yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's a dog. It makes Dracula more human, don't you think, that he's got a dog? He had hounds of hell, Mark. Maybe it's one of his hounds of hell. <laughs> that was not a hound of hell. It was just a dog. It was a hound of hell having a nice bit of dinner. <laughs> but yeah, this yeah. is the point where she freaks out. Now she freaks out, Mark. It's like, it's all a game. We're in the waxworks. None of this is real. It's just a game. And Charlie, Charlie one leg on the table is like, a game. I wish it was so. And then rats start eating his leg. And he's like, get the rats off my leg. <laughs> 
It gets really intense really, really quickly, this whole scene, doesn't it? Because yeah. he tells her all the rules about vampires, obviously, and then fucking Dracula Jr. turns up and says, so, my pretty, you came down for a midnight snack, and Charles is going, don't look in his eyes! <laughs> and then he comes down and eats a bit of Charlie's leg, and Charlie's like, my leg! <laughs> like it would. Like a man buffet. <laughs> yeah. So he just starts chasing China all over the place, but she stabs him to no avail because, you know, he's a vampire. So she crosses two knives as a crucifix, and Charles is going, Put them on his head! Put them on his head! So she puts them on his head, and his fucking head explodes. <laughs> Which was great. That earned a love art. It, 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 was, it was just so fast-paced that suddenly they're, they're just exploding head. And I was like, yeah. Oh, and then Charles great. quickly smash up the chair. You need a steak. She, she smashes up the chair just as vampire wives are coming through the wind, are coming through the door. And she starts stabbing up all the vampires. There's blood everywhere. Now, I noticed at this point that it's quite clearly cut. Apparently, the original version of this film, they wanted to make the most bloody scene ever made, but it just got cut out because she just starts stabbing up the vampire wives and the next thing, everyone's just covered in blood and it's all finished. But she throws one of the wives against the, uh, the wine rack <laughs> and she's got what I, what I like to call champagne because champagne bottles come through her and burst open, and she's just running around with champagne coming out of her. Yeah, that was that was so funny, and and, and so the the reason for a film that basically steals all all of the other films ever. There are some original ideas, and that was a particularly innovative, weird ass death. I liked it. Yeah, it is. She's running out, and she's trying to escape, but she can't escape because Dracula's too sexy. <laughs> I mean, Dracula was sexy. Yeah. Was he? He is pretty hot. Well, there you go. Would you, You'd have been stuck in that exhibition. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, I would. I you'd, would. You'd have been running down man meat like nobody's business. Thanks. From the bowl, Mark. From the bowl is what I meant. Is that right? It's all in the sauce, Mark. It's all in the sauce. Is that right? <laughs> but now, yeah, she's that's it. Dracula was too sexy, so now she's been captured in the exhibition forever. Frozen <laughs> wax and time. <laughs> this film is so eighties horror. I, I feel like, particularly around the late eighties, early nineties, horror films just competed with each other for the most spectacular, gory death. And yeah, the. <laughs> But it's brilliant. It's absolutely this film is nonsense, but it's brilliant. Like Zach is now wandering around the uh, the wax museum, lost. He's like, "Where is everyone? Tony, China, Sarah? Where are you guys?" He finds Sarah, Mark, but Sarah is transfixed by another sexy model. <laughs> she's she... looking, at, looking at a display of the Marquis de Sade, and she says. The Marquis de Sade said sex without fear and pain was like food without taste. And Zach's like, yeah, come on, get away from that. You're getting a bit, you know, she's getting, she's getting horny by it, Mark. She wants it. She's like, the idea of this is exciting. But Zach's like, get away from it. The other two, she's like, I'm going to have a look for the other two. He literally goes around, I can't find him. <laughs> he just comes straight back. He's like, I can't, but we need to get out. And the red ropes fall. 
the Marquis de Sade is beckoning Sarah in, but she don't go in. So the Marquis de Sade, right? The Marquis yeah. de Sade is a real historical pornographical writer who had, well, Sade has become sade, as in sadist. And that's where the word sadist comes from, from the Marquis de Sade. But all the other waxworks are made up from other, yeah, or like from other films or from fiction. This is the only fact-based character. And it's it's an odd choice. It is a really odd choice, considering the fact that they could have done like Hitler, considering the amount of time that guy was talking about Nazis. Do you know what I mean? I'm surprised they didn't do Hitler. I mean, in the end, the Marquis de Sade does become quite a impressive foil, quite the antagonist. Yeah. But I don't know. It it works. But in a world where it's Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and the mummy. And I mean, was was one of them supposed to be the the alien? Anyway, we'll get on to that. Um, (laughs) The Marquis de Sade stood out because he's a real person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it is it is an odd choice. So they come out. They they decide like, look, we need to go. We need to get out of this, Sarah. This place is bonkers. People are going missing. The tiny fella says, "Oh yeah, you mates. They left. I think they went off to do some diddling. I think they're going to get it together." And Zach's like, "Ah, oh, fucking hell! I knew she'd do that with Tony. She's gone off with Tony." And they leave the waxwork. Now Jonathan, the next morning, football Jonathan. Mark, football Jonathan, who China's been dating, calls China's house to see if she's there. She's not there. Her mum tells her she's gone to a party at the Waxworks. While he's on the phone, what I loved here, my little tick that I loved, was the harmonica guy outside the... <laughs> <laughs> the guy playing the harmonica outside the phone box. Which of all the places you're going to play a harmonica, don't do it by the fucking phone, mate. You're just going to annoy people if you play it by a phone. Well, that's it, yeah. Football Jonathan goes to the waxwork uh, place, but everyone has gone. David Warner finds him, and he chucks him in the Phantom of the Opera display straight away, and you don't get to see any Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> but what, what, what happened to that? What, he chucked him in, but you didn't see what happened. You're just dead. Yeah, he's just dead. He, he was a dead policeman. Yeah, that's it. So later that night, Mark tries to kiss... So Zach is Mark tries to kiss Sarah and it's really awkward, but she's not into it. She says, you know, you're really very attractive uh, guy from Gremlins, but there's something else. I need something else. And she's because she's been looking at the, she's been thinking about the dirty loving of the Marquis de Sade, Mark. That's what it is. And he's yeah. like, don't worry about it, which I'm quite surprised about. This was, this was Zach being nice at this point. He's like, don't worry about it. Just go to bed and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow, you know. She goes off home, back at home. The maid's having a right fucking nightmare with the homework because obviously she doesn't know what she, she doesn't know about that. She says and English isn't her first language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Zach's poor, like, poor I'm maid. Going to get in trouble for this. The next day, Zach is all worried. China and Tony didn't go home last night. He tried phoning them both, and he's like, "I went to the waxwork this morning, and there was nobody there." Maybe they've been kidnapped, or even worse, Mark, boiled in wax. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Zach 
like you rightly would, he goes to the police and he, he, you get your typical RC policeman who doesn't believe a word that a teenager says in a horror film in the 80s because they just they hate kids. And it's like 13 people have gone missing in the last two weeks. And he says, that's a hell of a lot of people for two weeks. Zach says, yeah, now there's two more. And the policeman, he does a lot of desk banging. And he stands up and he says, so you're telling me they've been kidnapped? Because he's an angry cop. And he says, and boiled in wax. He says, come on, kid. You got to give me a better story than that. And he bangs the desk again. And, the, you know, cops from the 80s, they're just fucking eight kids. And he says, uh, this is OK. But if this turns out to be some kind of sick joke, I'll have your balls in the slammer so fast you won't have time to squeal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, good. 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 So Zach takes the cops to the waxwork and uh, he says, watch this. There's a little tiny fella who's going to answer the door. He doesn't. It's David Warner and he's dressed in normal clothing. He's not less dressed like a cross between Willy Wonka and the Joker anymore. And uh, David denies ever seeing the kids last night. He bullshits the policeman, Mark. He's like, well, no, it must have been a different Waxworks Museum because this one wasn't open last night unless they snuck in under the cover of darkness. And Zach says, are you going to listen to David Warner lying to you? And the policeman <laughs> says, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so David shows the policeman round and he tries to push him into one of the exhibitions and into the mummy display. And uh, he's like, no, I'm going. Oh, thanks for showing me around. That's it. And he tells Zach, he's like, just go home. You're just stressed out. Your friends will turn up. And he's like, I don't think they will. So he, he, he collects Sarah the next day from Nazi class with some I'm ill shenanigans. And Sarah's like, what the hell are you doing? We're going to get expelled for this. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. It's, it's not worth it. I know what's going on. I went to the waxworks today. And I met this fella and I recognized his face. <laughs> Bomb drops. The stress yeah. cop man. Stress cop is sat in his office. Whoopum, whoopum. That's the fan going around. Whoopum, whoopum. He's looking really stressed now. He's looking at pictures of these missing people. Then he remembers that girl looks like the invisible man. It looks like the invisible man was trying to make a girl drink petrol and it was that girl that's gone missing. Whoopum. And he's like, Zombie film? That guy looks like... Oh, that's it, Mark. It's, it's all taking place in his head. He's working it out. It's yeah. happening. He's torn. Zach was right the whole time. The kid was right. Whoop-hum. Whoop-hum. The, fly, uh, the, the fan. Yeah. So he goes to the Waxwork Museum with his, with his partner. And his partner's in the car saying, are you sure we don't need backup? And now Stress Cop looks really fucking stressed, Mark. And he's like, I just want to make sure I'm not going crazy. He goes inside and he looks around and he finds China in the Dracula exhibition. But you never see Dracula's face. It just looked like a wig on a stick, Dracula. Just <laughs> <laughs> really funny. And he, uh, he starts poking her face and he realizes she's made of wax. So he pulls a, he, he pulls a chunk of her face off as evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. And stuffs it in a bag. Now, Zach... He's in the attic back at home and there's like Ouija boards scattered all over the place. All sorts of voodoo, hoodoo, you do people, do 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 people all over the place. And it says like, what is all this shit? Why have you got all this stuff in your attic? And he, he says, oh, it belonged to my granddad. He was the king of horror. He was fascinated with horror films and death. While they're looking around, Sarah finds Marquis, a magic book. 
says the book of the Marquis de Sade. She gets all moist, Mark. She gets all, Ooh. she nearly cracks one up in front of Zach. And Zach's like, put that book down. Dry yourself off. We've got stuff to do. Now, you remember the start of the film, Mark? Old mm. fella fighting, gets his head stuffed in a fire, head burnt, dead. Somebody stealing artifacts. That was Zach's granddad. He was murdered. Da, da, da. Good. By someone. And the person that murdered him, Fletch. Mark. <laughs> For fuck's sake. The person that murdered him, Mark, I'm sorry, was David Warner. There's a picture it of him in the paper David and it says, it says prime, prime suspect David Warner. He did this. And he says that uh, Zach's grandfather, was, he, he'd been robbed of 36 artifacts. It's a lot oh. of artifacts. Yeah. And like I say, there's a picture in the paper, David Warner. It says prime suspect. And he said, this is the fella that I saw when I took the policeman to the waxwork. And, she was, and Sarah was like, you're fucking joking, gremlins. You'll never guess who gave us those midnight ticket invites to the Waxwork Museum. And he's like, never. It isn't, is it? It, it bloody is. It was David Bloody Warner, Mr. Mister. Now, back at the Waxwork Museum, the cop, the cop gets sucked into the, into the mummy zone. <laughs> and he, right. he gets the mummy world, doesn't he? And uh, he has to help <laughs> a guy open the tomb. <laughs> the mummy is... Very, very good, actually. Um, the I, I just thought that the the makeup and the way he was dripping like Ica. Yeah, I, I really did like the mummy. I thought that that was worth a love heart because it was an it was nicely done. Uh, it was, but it's a different kind of love heart to the to the werewolf. The werewolf got a love heart for its naffness. The mummy got a love heart for its goodness. Yeah. I mean, what I liked as well was when um, the mummy picks up the lady and chucks it in the tomb with the skeleton mummy, but the little skeleton mummy in the tomb waved his little arms to catch her. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> like, kind of like waiting for a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after this, you know, the policeman is now stuck in Egypt zone forever. He's there. Zach, yeah. I, I know who can help us, he says. We're going to go and see Sir Wilfred. We're going to go and see Sir Wilfred, who we haven't mentioned for the entire film. And Sir Wilfred is uh, Patrick McNee from The Avengers. He is. And um, Sir Wilfred makes a gag that I really liked. Um, take a seat, because I am. And um, yeah. I've known wheelchair users yeah. that have similar kind of morbid humour. So that really resonated as pretty <laughs> down on the ball, actually, rather than sick. It, it made me smile. Yeah. So they tell Patrick, Uncle Wilfred, Wilfers, the the big Wilf about what's happened, about people going missing and all this. And they sit down and tell the tale. Back at the waxworks, the second cop, the first cop's partner goes in because he's like, he's not fucking come out. He's not come out. We should have got backup. He doesn't wait for backup, Mark. He goes in and he goes in and fucking lurch. (laughs) Breaks his neck as soon as he walks through the door. Just just dead. Dead. (laughs) And David Warner tells him off. He's like, you fucking idiot. We only needed two more people for the ceremony. And uh, the big butler starts crying. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shout at you. You're a big boy now. (laughs) Just, yeah. 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 
Sir Wilfred then informs Zach of this prime, prime information, Mark. He says, your grandfather collected 18 trinkets from the 18 most evil people in the world. Now, if you divide 18 into three, you get six, six, and six, Mark. It's the oh, math. my goodness. It's the maths of evil. <laughs> Good. And they're like, well, David Warner on this photo here in the paper, he hasn't aged. I saw him yesterday. He looks exactly the same. Patrick McGee's a yeah, mate. Sold his soul to the devil. That's why. He's always going to look the fucking same. And he's like, what? Tell me about it, Pat. Big Wolf. And he says, there is a voodoo belief that making a wax effigy of an evil being containing a belonging of his and then feeding him a soul of a believing victim then you can bring that person back to life. He says, the whole display is a ghost. Your grandfather picked all these little bits. So basically, he's got Jack the Ripper's sofa. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Frankenstein's hairdryer. It's all there, Fletch. Uh, Mark. It's all there, Mark. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. He says, the whole thing is a display. It, sorry, the whole display is a ghost, not just the figure. And then he says, it's the voodoo end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is utterly ridiculous. Frankenstein isn't real. Dracula isn't real. The Invisible Man wasn't real. They can't have relics because they weren't real. Oh, Mark, you just need to believe. Zach says, can it be stopped? And he says, maybe before the end. Maybe before the event. But never, never after. You're fucked, Bab, if they get it done. He says, you must burn down the waxwork, but most importantly, burn down the displays that have not yet taken lives. Break the chain, Zack from Gremlins. Break the <laughs> chain. You must hurry. Go now. It's like, yeah, should we? He's like, go now. And they're like, thank you, Sir Wilfred. And Zack and Sarah leave. Wilf gets on the phone and he's like, hello, old people squad. We found him. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what he does, yes. Yeah, he does, yeah. Now, Zach and Sarah are going to go to burn it down, but Sarah is hypnotised by the Marquis de Sade, and she gets right. sucked to what only can be described as a sexy nightmare and nearly gets whipped to death, but she loves it. So here's the thing here. He repeatedly called her a whore, but she's a virgin. Yeah. Those two things are mutually exclusive. You can't be a whore if you are a virgin. I, I, I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, it is weird. But while all this is happening, Zach has been sucked back into the 1950s black and white world of Night of a Living Dead. <laughs> that I thought was really cool. When I'm looking at comics and they change the art style for emphasis, they use a different artist for flashbacks and things like that. I've always been a fan of that. I've always thought that that's just a really nice, thoughtful touch that you do that can be used, that can be done in comics. And that made me think of this, that they actually made the film black and white for that scene. I thought, fair play. That was very cool. Very, very Romero. Like, kind of like nudging copyright level of, of a very Romero. But it was great, and it, and it, it a well earned love heart. Yeah, for the fifties black and white bit. Now Zach escapes from the from the, from the nineteen fifties because he tells all the zombies that he doesn't believe in them, and they all look really confused, and he just leaves. 
<laughs> and Which he is just... actually quite a clever little solution. Yeah, he just goes, hang on a minute, you're not real, and just fucks off. <laughs> he jumps back into the real world just for a second, but then he jumps into the, uh, into the Marquis de Sade display and he's taken back to France. And he goes to, uh, he tries to rescue Sarah, but Sarah's, Sarah's gone mad. She's gone mad with sex and madness, uh, Mark. She wants to stay there. Fuck. He's like, come on, we're going, Sake. we're going. We've got to go, <laughs> sorry, I did it again. We gotta go, and she's like, "No, I want to stay here with the Marquis de Sade getting whipped." And he's like, "No, don't you realize, Sarah? This is because you are possessed. Don't you understand? The Marquis de Sade, he cannot hurt you if you don't let him." And he says, "Right." And so the Marquis de Sade's going, "Ah, shut your face, gremlins! You can't. She's staying here. She's staying here for a <laughs> sex party." Ah, <laughs> and, and he's like, "No, she's not. I tell you what." If you're so fucking hard, Marquis de Sade, and he hands him a gun and says, shoot me in the fucking face, mate. Shoot me right in my gremlin's face. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> and goes, oh, hang on a minute. Bullet, don't hit him, Mark. Don't hit him. He's like, yeah, you see what I mean? It's because I don't believe in you, even though you're a real person. <laughs> Again, he's the only real person. And that's the one where he's saying, I don't believe in you. Okay, fine. Continue. <laughs> But he basically manages to convince, he takes Sarah. He's like, right, come on, we're going out of this sexy nightmare. And the Marquis de Sade says, mark my word, boy from Gremlins, I will fight you at the end of this film. And they jump back into reality, only to be caught by the baddies in Little and Large. Grab them! Now, the other, two, the, the other two kids from the start of the film, the guy who was into videos, and I think it was Julie, the two, the two kids that said, we're not going in here. This is too scary. The sensible children from the start of the film, Mark. Mm-hmm. They're in the bloody museum now. They got a phone call from the little squeaky man, apparently, that said, come and meet your mates here. Come and meet your mates at the, at the horrible wax museum. They get there. Girl, instantly, bam, sucked into the Marquis de Sade display. The guy gets sucked into the zombie zone. And that's it. David Warner says, it is complete. All the souls we have got, we needed them. And he says, live, my children, live. <laughs> and the whole place comes to life. All of the displays lurch into life. And this is where you get to see the array of characters that they've got here. There's an evil baby, Mark. That's Rosemary's baby. And this is where, again, how the fuck did they get away with this on copyright? The Marquis de Sade is a historical figure. That's okay. Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde, probably out of copyright because the books are so old. You you know, like your, your classic books can be printed by any publisher. But Rosemary's baby at this point was maybe 10 years old. So how in the fuck did they get away with that? Yeah. Evil baby. There's like Jack the Ripper. There's an alien in a cage. There's an alien with six eyes. The invisible man. There's like pod people. There's a mad scientist. There's fucking loads of stuff all over the place, isn't there? Just and it's what all the just... alien one. Supposed to be alien as in kind of the Kurt Geiger design for the alien film. I don't know. To me, it looked a bit like a shit version of the 60s fly. But well, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a mishmash of stuff because then, like David Warner points and he says the most nonsensical line of the whole fucking film. He says, run, run. There's nowhere to run. 
and uh, Zach and so Sarah, camp. it's all kicking off, and they're like, shit, they're holding on to each other, Mark, for dear life, and there's all lightning strikes and all these horrible creatures all over the place. They go for the door, then the axe man stops them, and the axe man is joined by, uh, by a cobra man. <laughs> they're stopped by like, a man that's part cobra and an axe man, and uh, the door bursts open behind the axe man, a, a fucking spike comes through him, it's fucking Sir Wilford with a load of old folk. They've come to say... Including the butler? Yeah, Sir Alfred comes in and he says, he's right, you know, there is nowhere to run. And if even one of these fucking wax pricks get out into the real world, the world will be contaminated within a few days. Then Jenkins appears, because, you know, it would, it would appear he called every old British person in the world. Good. <laughs> he I says, mean, we're all here and ready, sir. <laughs> and th- this was just utterly like fine, good, lots of old people, but it did have a love heart for the battle wheelchair. The tank, yeah, it's good. he comes in in like a in a camouflage, <laughs> camoed up battle tank wheelchair, doesn't he? Yeah. Shouts, let's make sure these wise asses are dead before we burn them down. <laughs> oh dear. Old boys start fighting a vast array of monsters, and then it's just 10 minutes of absolute fucking bonkersness with all these old boys fighting monsters. It's quite an elaborate and very long fight scene with a hell of a lot of actors fighting. China comes back, but obviously she's been bitten by sexy Dracula, so now she's a sexy vampire herself, and she goes to bite. She gets to bite Zach Mark, but Jenkins, Jenkins shoots her and he says, it's okay, sir. She wasn't human. She hasn't been human for some time. Now, come on. We've got battles to get on with. But then Jenkins gets stabbed by the butler. <laughs> and he says, it's too late for me, sir. Give my love to the missus. Jenkins is great. And I was quite sad that he died. Yeah. Oh, this is my, my, what I loved. One of my favorite bits in the fight scene. Dracula turns into a bat but an old man just grabs him and shoots it in the face. <laughs> yeah. says, my day. And there's another one where, um, again, in the 80s, women doing headbutts probably wasn't the norm. And there's, there's like, which character, which character is, but she just goes, kiss this, and nuts someone. I was like, go on, lass. Yeah, Sarah, she just becomes really hard at the end. She also feeds someone to one of the plant pods, and it says, feed me, like... Like Little Shop of Horrors, which came out the same fucking year as this film. This is, it's mad, isn't it, that they got, I I wonder if this was fucking sued. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Now the place is on fire. One of the old boys is just running around chucking petrol at people, (laughs) lighting them on fire, which is really funny. And then um, a sword fight. Zach ends up having a sword fight with the Marquis de Sade because he never mentioned that he's really good at sword fighting. And uh, David Walker watches the fight. But uh, just as Marky decide gets the better of gremlins, uh, Sarah <laughs> runs in and smashes him in the back with an axe because she's, like, fucking really hard because, like, she got whipped and now she's nails. And she saves Zach and they hug. And David Warner says, how romantic. And Zach says, oh, one more thing before you kill us, evil David Warner. He's like, what? What, mate? He says, you killed my grandpa. And he's like, 
<laughs> You're a Lothmore, the old horror guy. You're his grandchild. Well, what a coincidence. It's a small world, isn't it, Gremlins? And he says, well, why do you want to take it on fire, you fucking idiot? He says, well, somebody has to. I'll see you in hell. And then... <laughs> <laughs> comes in in his tank wheelchair and shoots him dead and also David Warner's death scene while he's dying he's just letting off shots <laughs> <laughs> it's so adorably shit and they turn around and they see Wig, Big Wilf and they're like oh Big Wilf thanks for the help and he's like run Big Wilf's on fire at this point and then the werewolf just comes and rips his head off <laughs> and he says oh sorry before the werewolf rips his head off he says oh my goodness <laughs> it's wonderful everything about it is wonderful it's just campers and rare pink tents there's lots of fun gore and oh it's just great i love yeah it. it's worth watching this film just for the last 10 minutes i think but the whole film is amazing but the the, the fight scene with old people like pouring petrol on aliens <laughs> It's fucking brilliant. The waxworks burns down and our heroes are safe. They make a set they make their escape saved by old folk. They watch the house burn from the outside. Is this the end, Mark? Is this the end? No, it's so, not, because the zombie hand lives. So what I will say is at the end, they look genuinely traumatized. There's been a lot of very bad acting in this film. But yeah. just for a moment, I was like, all right. They actually looked scared, traumatized, confused. And yeah, that was actually very good. Credit where it's credits due. They looked really quite upset by what was a life-changingly traumatizing event for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to be there. But the thing is, Mark, it isn't over for them because there is a sequel to this film. Which is Waxworks 2 Lost in Time. Oh, mate, have you seen it? No. Can we watch it? We can, because it's actually on the list already. The second one was on the list without doing the first one, because the second one is absolutely fucking bonkers. It's ridiculous. But yeah, that was 1988's Waxwork, a film that neither of us had seen until relatively recently, and we remember the poster... And the VHS cover from 40 fucking years ago. <laughs> well, not quite 40 years ago, but, you know, me and Mark, we're in our 40s now. Shatter the 30 year. years ago. 30 years ago. But, yeah. But, yeah, I fucking love this film. What about yourself? I did. You did. I know you did. I, I found it, it. And I love a tat horror. When, when, when we talk about tat, it is usually horror that I'm the most interested in. It's why I'm not doing the BMX thing next week. But right. I loved this. I absolutely love it. It's the kind of film that when I was a kid would have scared the absolute shit out of me. But now I just howl at. And it was wonderfully entertaining. No, it is not clever. No, it is not going to change your life. No, it is not very good but i had such fun watching it and that's what tat club's about right oh yeah exactly that's what it's about it's the same with the jitters last week this is a piece of prime tat this is what it's all about this sort of film is what we do this podcast for is it worth me even asking stars mark because it's five stars all around i believe all, all the stars. Of the stars 
All the stars. So thank you for joining us this week again on Super Tap Film Club. It's been Tuesday night. We will be back next week. Well, I will. Mark's not coming because we're doing a sports musical rad next week. But Mark will be coming the week after when we talk about Oh, we're talking about werewolves, the LAPD werewolf department, aren't we, Mark? With Mario Van Peebles. Can, can, can we not do Voodoo Academy? Mark, there's a time and a place. Voodoo Academy is on the list. We've told you this. Just because Fletcher's not, not here, don't try and push it. Can we not do Waxwork 2? Waxwork 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, we'll do that soon. That we, we need to give people a break. But we, we, you need to go and see Waxwork. We thoroughly... Thoroughly recommend that you go and watch it. Also, while you're watching that, check out other people's podcasts. Like, Mark, what's your podcast? Why don't you do some podcast uh, plug-in? Well, I've got... Ah, thank you very much. I do a Red Dwarf podcast that is launching at the end of May. That is at Red Dwarf Pod on Twitter. I do a podcast that's related to my celebrant work, which is at Life's Milestones, where I talk to people about naming ceremonies, weddings and funerals. And I also do a podcast called Pull or Pass. That's a weekly comic book show. Excellent stuff. Also, I would thoroughly recommend if you, you're stuck in the house or get out in the garden. It's fucking sunny outside. Get in the garden. Hopefully it is where you are. And listen to some more podcasts like the ones that Mark has mentioned there. Also, we need to mention I love our friends over in America. Sending some love to the Laser Graves, to the Bad Taste Video Podcast, to Fright Vision Video and also to Girl Crush Podcast. We love those guys. It's great stuff. Get on it. And if you like our stuff, you're going to like their stuff. Also, a Horror Movie Night podcast is one worth checking out. If you like our stuff, you're going to like theirs. And we will see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next time on Super Tap Film Club. Bye.